Welcome to the Organizer Chicks podcast. I'm your host, Amber Taggart, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today to talk about the couple council. Now, this is for anyone who is coupled in any way. Honestly, a couple council can be good even for business partners, for roommates. Maybe if your mother-in-law lives with you, you might want to have a couple council with your mother-in-law. Feel free to use a different name for it. But the couple council is something that I learned from Dr. Blair Olson, who has since retired, but he was the president of the Arkansas Counseling Association, as well as the chair of the Department of Counselor Education. And when I was in grad school, I learned about this couple council. It's been something that has been immensely helpful over my 20 years of marriage. And I want to preface all of this by saying that my husband, Justin, and I are not perfect at this. In fact, there have definitely been seasons of our life where we've skipped couple council sessions more often than we've done them, but we always come back to it because it is so helpful. It gets us on the same page of the calendar of the checkbook, and it provides a really unique opportunity for us to come together as co-managers of the business that is our family. Have you ever thought about your family as a business? It sounds sterile and clinical, but there's truth to us. And couple counsel also allows us to share heart to heart as well. For us, this is done on Sunday evenings, but I would encourage you and your partner, roommate, business partner, whoever you need to truly be on the same page with, to find a day and a time that you know you can regularly commit to. You may need to hold your counsel less often, Once a month might be sufficient for your needs, but if your relationship is more in-depth and complex, and if you're trying to meet more objectives, I would say that more often is better. Now, this may sound like the least romantic thing in the world, but there is an agenda to the couple council, and I'm going to share it with you here today. And heck, if you'd like a copy, you can email us at info at theorganizerchicks.com. Tell us you heard about the couple council on today's podcast, and we'll share it with you for free there as well. It can seem odd to do this for the first time. I get it. Asking someone to have a counsel with you might feel a little weird, but I'd like to suggest going back, way back to episode three of this podcast and listening to the first of our groundwork series called The Family Meeting. It'll help you broach this subject and give you something of a script And you can talk with whoever you need to counsel about, about why this matters, and maybe most importantly, what's in it for them. Go through those steps and ask for their specific help and commitment in this way, and then schedule your first couple counsel then and there. So to jump to agenda item one, for us personally, we have an opening prayer. Clearly, this is completely optional. It can be skipped altogether. It can be substituted for a moment of gratitude or whatever you're comfortable with. But here's the reason, the why. It's to feel still, to be focused, centered, grounded, quiet. My good friend Darla Benedict says that it takes courage to be uncomfortable. And a council can bring up uncomfortable things. In fact, if you never broach uncomfortable subjects in your closest relationships, about money or sex or intimacy or perceived imbalance of the workload, you're robbing yourself and your spouse of the ability to have incredible, deep relationships. So we say a prayer. We say bless and guide us, inspire us with wisdom and understanding as we work to guide this family and this business. Please help us to seek to understand and then be understood and to communicate fully and clearly without judgment or fear of judgment. Help give us perspective and help us to be fully here, 
unplugged, and willing to act on the impressions that we receive as we do this work, to come here and be fully present. That is the goal. So the very first topic for discussion in our couple council is the calendar. We have bullet points under each subject, and the first bullet point under the subject of the calendar is a review of the week ahead. And we tend to do a cursory glance at the next two weeks, but to really focus on the upcoming week again, we're typically doing this on a Sunday evening. And so we discuss Monday through the weekend. The next bullet point is a discussion of non-routine events. So I need to know what are the outliers on your calendar? Are you coming home late on a particular evening? Will I have to leave the house early on a particular day? Do the kids have a birthday party or a soccer practice or something going on that's a little unusual that might disrupt the schedule that's typical for us? The next bullet point under our calendar is to discuss the weekend plans, and these are on a rotation. Now, I know this is going to sound like probably the nerdiest thing you've ever heard, but my husband and I, long ago when we were just dating, back in the year 2000 actually, decided that we would start to rotate our weekend plans. So more than 20 years ago, we decided just to alternate weekends. And ever since then, we've been just making a little notation on our individual calendars, J-A-J-A for Justin and Amber. And the, the thing is that whoever's weekend it is, is in charge of planning for that weekend. And they're also in charge of a couple of other things that happen during the week. So for instance, if it's your weekend, you're the one who leads family council for that week. The main purpose of coming up with alternating weekends when we first did it was that we wanted this opportunity to date back and forth and to get to know each other without one person always having to be responsible for coming up with a plan that weekend. So this concept has actually kind of kept us on our toes and it's really fun. The idea is that if it's your weekend, you get to plan what happens. And that may be a boring clean out the garage project. It might mean we're going fishing, which you really want to do. And I don't so much, but guess what? If it's your weekend to plan, then it's my weekend to go along with whatever the plan is with the best attitude possible. So it's been really fun actually over the years to have this opportunity to go back and forth and to kind of find out, okay, what are we doing this weekend? Maybe the plan is to do nothing. Maybe we're purposefully going to have an absolutely down weekend and we're just going to stay inside and we're going to play board games and read our books and that's okay. That was your plan this weekend. And if I wanted to do something different, well, guess what? My weekend is coming. It'll be here next week. So that's been something that we've really enjoyed doing over the years and we've kept up with for 20 plus years at this point in time. And the fourth bullet point on the agenda under calendar is a glance at the month ahead. And so here we're really looking for those things that are going to be highly unusual. Times when somebody might be traveling out of town or when we might have family coming into town or when there's a big event or a get together or a party coming up that we would need to know about and plan for, maybe buy a gift for or arrange travel for in advance. So those are the four bullet points under the category of calendar. And then we switch to budget. We also have four bullet points there. The first one is a bank account review. We decided early in our marriage that we were going to completely join all of our finances. And so we both want to be aware of what's going on with our money. We need to understand where both our personal finances and our business finances are at. And so that's always the first thing we do. This includes looking at our checking accounts every week, but it's a really good idea, at least once a quarter, if not once a month, to also look at things like your savings accounts, any IRAs, stocks or bonds that you have, and to just stay aware of what's going on with your budget. 
The second bullet point is to look at any outstanding debts that we have. Is there anything that we need to be paying down? Can we pay extra toward our mortgage right now? Can we start to snowball some things and make sure that we're staying out of debt? The third bullet point under budget is our upcoming expenditures. And this is clearly related to that calendaring that we just did. So we're really aware of what may be upcoming for this next month, at least. But if we're going to be going out of town, let's start to look at how we budget for that. If we know that we have a kiddo who's going to want to enroll to play football coming up soon, and that's a more expensive sport, let's make sure that we're budgeting and helping him to budget to be able to do that. The fourth thing is anticipated earnings. If we have a situation where there's a bonus coming from work, or maybe there's a big speaking engagement that I'm going to be getting paid for, then we know we have an influx of some money coming in. We talk about what our plan for that money is. How are we going to spend it? Where are we going to use it? And how does that fit into our overall budget? The next item on our agenda is parenting. We have four kids. They are 10 eight, five, and three years old. And so our bullet points under this category are the names of our children. We talk about them one by one. We start with Ryan. He's our oldest. And we just talk about him. Are you seeing any concerns, any observations, any recent skill acquisitions that we think is awesome about Ryan? How can we encourage him? Does he really need help in this one particular area? Where is he struggling right now? we go through each of our children and we talk about this. Where are we seeing problems? What's working? What's not working in terms of discipline, in terms of school, in terms of extracurriculars? What areas of growth are we seeing and how can we encourage these? We do this for each of our four children. The next item on the agenda is the category of husbanding and wifing. And yes, we've taken those words and made them gerunds. They're action verbs. How is my action at being a wife, at being a partner, at being a business manager with you, whatever that relationship is that you're in, taking the time to do this deep dive and asking some potentially tough questions is very worth it. One of the things we talk about here is date night slash that rotating weekend. A reminder, hey, your weekend is coming up next. Is there anything I might need to know or to do to help facilitate this? Do I need to pack a bag? (laughs) Do I need to help set up babysitting for something? Just a quick touch base there on that. And if nothing else, it's a nice little reminder that we're supposed to be dating each other. Even if we just feed the kids and then plan to have our own little dinner separately by ourselves one Friday night a week. It's really nice to be actively involved in in trying to still do a little bit of dating of your spouse, especially when you've been married for quite a long time. The second bullet point here is specific tasks that are assigned for this week. And so what that is under this category of husbanding and wifing is it's what things do I need to do to help you out this week? How can I be helpful to you? Can I take something off of your plate? Okay, we just got a new vehicle. I'm going to go ahead and put it on my agenda for this week that I will be the one to go to the DMV and I'm going to take care of getting the tag and the title taken care of. What can I do and what can you do that would really help me out this week? So knowing that you've got somebody who's sitting there right across from you with their calendar open and you're there with your calendar open and you're here to say, how can I support your goals? How can you support my goals? And how can we work toward our goals this week is hugely helpful. And having someone who will follow through on these things just makes a world of difference. The next two things under this category of husbanding and wifing are some of the most important parts of having the couple counsel. They are, in this order, airing of grievances and then appreciations. Having an airing of grievances as part of our weekly couple counsel 
has been such a wonderful help for a couple of reasons. The first of which is that when you know that every Sunday night there's going to be an opportunity on an agenda for me to come and air my grievances, it really helps me, has helped me personally, (laughs) to hold my tongue when I'm frustrated on a Tuesday. To ask myself, is this something that is worth hanging on to and bringing up in couple counsel on Sunday? Now, don't get me wrong. If there's some egregious affront that has happened, it gets addressed immediately. But this really helps us to keep perspective. We try to hold our grievances for Sunday. And in doing so, it helps us to say, is this worth bringing up? It gives us a couple days of a cooling off period. Something happened on Thursday evening and I didn't love it. Do I just need to maybe mellow out for a minute? Maybe I don't. Maybe I need to address that and say, listen, this happened and that made me feel this particular way. It made me feel like I wasn't seen or loved or appreciate whatever the thing is, right? Marriage is full of opportunities to accidentally step on toes or sometimes to purposefully step on toes. (laughs) But having that opportunity where you know it's going to be my turn to air these grievances. Now, I'm doing this in a, a calm, nice way, right? I'm not I'm not coming here to swing an axe, but I am coming here to pick a bone, and that's okay. So, one nice thing about this again is that you've had time to kind of stew on it, to decide if it's important. And that's a question that I think is a great thing to ask in a marriage. Is this really important? Does this matter a year from now? Does this matter five years now? Does does this matter eternally? Is this something about who you are as a person that you need to change because it's going to be better for you in the long term? Or maybe could I purposefully just try to overlook some really small things because I appreciate that you're a great person and that you bring so much value and joy to my life. Now, these are questions that only you individually can answer, but they're questions worth asking. Another great thing about having airing of grievances on your agenda is that there's no surprise when somebody has something to say that isn't a glowing and lovely review of who you are as a spouse or as a partner. If you know this is on the agenda, it's not a cold slap out of nowhere. You come braced. You're ready to hear something about yourself that isn't wonderful and beautiful and perfect, and you're ready to accept it as it is intended, which is constructive criticism. I think a lot of fights can be avoided if we understand ahead of time that we're going to hear some things that we may not completely love. And we've taken that time and done that work ahead of time to say, help me be in a learning headspace. Help me to be in a non-judgmental headspace. Help me come here with full faith in you, that you love me. You care about me. You're looking out for the best for me and for us and for this family unit. And so if you're bringing something to me, I need to listen to that. I need to hear you. I need to respect the fact that you're, you're bringing something to me that you feel like I maybe could do differently or could do better. And I'm ready to hear that. The very next thing that follows up this airing of grievances is appreciations. And this is a wonderful balm to have right here. It's not even hard to see why it's important that you do these things in this order. The rule in our house is that you may not have a grievance to air that week, but you have to come with an appreciation. The beauty of this is that it makes you 
go through the week with your eyes open. You are looking for something to bring to counsel that week that you can appreciate. And what happens when we're looking for things to be grateful for, things abound, right? There's so much to be grateful for when we are in that mindset, when we're looking, when we're saying, I better keep my eyes open to the small ways that this person serves me or loves our family or works hard, whatever they are and whatever they do. If you're looking for those things and you're willing to come and to share them and to say them and expound upon them and and why it matters, don't just say what somebody did. Take it that next level and say, and here's why I noticed that. And here's the pressure that took off of me. And here's how that made me feel loved or cherished or how it showed me your commitment to our family. Take it and expound upon it and share why it mattered to you so much. I promise you will get more good things when you tell people the things that they're doing that are meaningful and that are helpful and that matter to you. So that's it on our husbanding and wifing portion of our couple council. The next thing we do is individual goal accountability. And again, I think this is a positive thing, no matter what relationship you're in. If you're in a deep relationship with somebody, even if it's roommates, even if it's business partners, this could be a great thing to do. You want somebody in your life who will help hold you accountable for your own goals. And so if you've told your spouse, my goal this week is I want to lift weights four times and I want to get in 8,000 steps every single day. That's, you know, that's one of my goals for this week. And then another goal is I want to try to do a little bit of personal development. I want to spend 15 minutes every morning doing a little bit of personal development work. Those are my goals this week. Then it's my job to come back the next week and check in with you on that and say, how did your goals go this week? And not just to ask that question and then be done with it if they say it didn't go great or, or hey, I did it. Congratulations. High five. But to really celebrate if there was a win. And either way, maybe to ask some delving questions there. How did you do that? If you were successful, what did you do that helped you to get to that point? It helps me to reflect on my own successes and to see what I did that helped me to get something done so that I can replicate that again. I want to be able to duplicate those positive experiences. When something didn't go well, when I didn't get my workouts in that week, let's talk about that. Again, not in a judgmental way, not with any kind of attack, but coming into this knowing that I'm here for accountability for you. I'm a sounding board for you. I want you to have this win. Your win is our win. My win is our win. When you come at it like that and you say, I'm sorry that you didn't meet your goals this week. I know that feeling. I've been there. That's not fun. What do you think happened? That is a gift. That enables somebody to do that deep dive that they need to do to ask themselves, what happened? What went wrong? Well, you know what? I didn't plan as well. I didn't manage my time well in the mornings. I didn't get up as early as I should have. I let other things that were going on emotionally really derail me in this particular way. And I didn't meet my goal. Again, when we when we were willing to do that deep dive and to find out what went right or what went wrong, that helps us to avoid repeating mistakes and it helps us to duplicate those wins. That's the last thing on our agenda, except for the closing prayer. Again, doesn't have to be a prayer for you, but I highly suggest a moment of gratitude, a moment of quietness. For us, we pray and we express gratitude for the other person, for the partnership that we have, for the time that we were able to set aside, for our unity in these goals. And we also take a moment to just set our intentions to work toward those things that we have put on our own calendars or that we have heard from our partner as to how we can 
do better, how we can be better at our husbanding or at our wifing or at our partnering, whatever situation that you might be in. How can I take the information that I learned here today and apply it in my life so that we can emerge from this with a better partnership so that we can run our family, our business, our relationship at the highest level that it can be? What I've shared with you here today is our agenda that works well for our family. It's something that we have definitely changed and that has added and grown with us over the years as our family has grown, as our goals have grown, and as we've understood our needs a little bit more. Your couple council agenda may look very different. It may have fewer items. It may have more. It may have different things altogether. And as a reminder, if you would like some help constructing your own agenda for your couple, for your business partner, whatever it might be, we at the Organizer Chicks are here to help with that. That's one of the services that we do provide is is helping you to have that family meeting, helping you to develop your own agenda, and even walking through the first few couple councils with you if that's something that you're looking for. So if you're interested in that kind of help, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can always find us at theorganizerchicks.com. And of course, you can send us an email at info at theorganizerchicks.com as well. That wraps up this episode of the Organizer Chicks podcast. I'd like to give a big thanks to our producer, Connor Reed, as well as to Sweet 25, whose song, Thinking About You, you're listening to right now. Find this and more awesome songs by them on Spotify. Please be sure to subscribe and, where possible, to review our podcast, which enables others to find it more easily. Thanks for spending your time here with us today, and be sure to join us next time as we work to turn your before into an after.